Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, live stream church services, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and his teaching called Learning to Run Again. We are doing a message called Learning to Run Again. Learning to Run Again. This has been a very unique time that goes without saying. For so many of us, we've been cooped up. Uh, We've been wondering what's next for a lot of things in our lives, whether they're relational, work, uh, our spiritual lives. There have been so many things. And now, you know, looking at the country attempting to reopen again and Uh, A lot of you have been watching a lot of news and you're wondering, okay, what's going to happen in my state? And not everybody watching right now is in California. I want to welcome those of you who are uh, jumping on board in other states and maybe you're in in a different country as well. And we're grateful that you're here. We're in the book of Galatians, which is in the New New Testament. And we paused from that book uh, as we are approaching Palm Sunday and some of the special messages that we did in the book of Psalms as we thought about how uh, we can be leaning into the Lord during this time. But now we're returning to the book of Galatians, and this is a very timely section of Scripture for us as we talk about learning to run again. And just before we we get into the text, I'm wondering, as as I think about the different homes and lives that are represented here, how are you doing? How is your walk with the Lord? You know, uh, Paul loves to use sporting metaphors, which I love in the Bible, and he often uses the metaphors, the metaphor of a running race or an Olympic race. And uh, these races that are captured here are not really a hundred yard dash kind of thing, but really more like a marathon. And I was thinking back to different races that I've uh, witnessed over the years, uh, especially the Olympic Games. And one of the races that came to mind in thinking about this text was a race that involved uh, a woman named Mary Decker Slaney, I think is her, her name. And she was the golden girl of long distance running for the United States of America in the 84 games that happened here in Los Angeles. And it was the 3000 meter race. And she was uh, the favorite, and she was up in a cluster of runners, uh, really at the front, kind of setting the pace. And some of you who have been around for a little while will remember this scene. She was in this cluster of, of runners, and and she was attempting to stay in the front and positioning herself, and the foot of another runner tripped her up, and she crumbled to the side of the track, fell in agony and in pain, and was out of the race. And I believe it was a woman named Zola Budd who was, uh, the country escapes me at at the moment, but her foot tripped up Mary Decker and it was in in LA and it was of course, you know, people rooting for the USA runner and she crumbled and her race was over. She was off the track, out of the race. And we have been in a very interesting refining time as the Church of Jesus Christ. And I think in many ways this time has been positive for a lot of you. Some of you have recently become Christians. Some of you have returned to the Lord. But there's others of you that are struggling right now even to maintain your walk with Jesus Christ. And I don't know why that is, but I I do know that the usual suspects are always part of what happens here. 
the world, the flesh, the enemy, the uh, pride that we all struggle with. For some of you, it may be fear right now. And so while the Lord has been adding to his church, there's been others of you who have been wrestling with your walk, your identity in Christ, who you are, staying motivated to actually get into the word of God and run the race marked out before you with endurance. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you that this is going to be a message for you to learn how to run again, to get up off the sidelines. If you've been wounded in the race, if something has tripped you up, if something has stumbled you, that's where we're headed today. How do you get back up again? How do you recover from an injury? How do you learn to run again? That's what we're going to deal with. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this text ahead of us. We have just a a small group of verses here, but there's so much power in what's ahead of us. And I know you're going to speak because your word is alive. And I pray that as each of us consider the word of God, as we uh, let it get deep into our hearts, I pray that you would teach us how to run this race with endurance as we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Help us to Put aside the sin and the things that so easily entangle us and help us to run free and to run in the footsteps of grace. I pray that you'd bless this time. Give us ears to hear what you would say to your church. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people say, say, amen. Now let's read the text together. This is Galatians 5. Look at verse 7. Paul says, you were running well, Galatians 5, 7, Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Galatians 5 verse 10. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. And then this harsh verse 12. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. And all God's people said, ouch. (laughs) Here's this little section in Galatians 5 about learning to run again. Notice in verse 7, it says, you were running well. You were running well. Is that you? Would you have to categorize yourself as a person who says, I was running well. There was a time when I was on the track, when I was favored to win, when I was in good shape, when I was running the race with endurance, when others looked to me to set the pace and push the pace and encourage them that they could keep going and that they could win the race. Were you running well past tense and now you're not doing so great? And for others of you, maybe you'd say, you know, this has been such a cool refining time for me. I've gotten back into my Bible. My prayer life's better than it's ever been. I've been reaching out to other people. Praise the Lord if that's the case. The Galatians had been upended by some false teaching. They had been tripped up. They were running well, but that was past tense. Someone a teacher with other followers and a teaching, look at verse 7, had hindered them, and here's the key, from obeying the truth. 
You were running a good race, NIV. You were running the race so well, new living. Who cut in on you? Probably a double meaning here, going back to this idea of circumcision. Let me pause for those of you who are new to the book of Galatians or new to the Bible. The setting of the book of Galatians is that there was a group of Jewish teachers who had come into the Galatian church and were saying that there was something more than just trusting in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, and and believing on him to be saved. They were saying you had to do something. And it was an outward sign given to Abraham called the Abrahamic Covenant. And obviously, uh, for those of you who know this backdrop, the Jews would be circumcised on the eighth day, every male Jew, to be part of that Abrahamic covenant. And certainly to this day, it would be very appropriate for a Jewish person who uh, is honoring the Torah, the law, if you will, to do that. But there were teachers who had come into the Galatian churches and were telling Gentiles, non-Jews, that unless you are circumcised according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. They were making it an issue of salvation. And here's why this is important. They were adding something to the gospel. And whenever you add something to the good news of Jesus Christ, you actually then alter the gospel. And God takes that very seriously. It comes out over and over in the New Testament that anybody that messes with the gospel is inviting the judgment of God to themselves. The gospel is extremely profound, but extremely simple. In order to be saved, you must trust in the merits of another. You must trust in the unblemished lamb, Jesus Christ. You must put your faith and trust in his perfect life, his sacrificial death, and his triumphant resurrection. And yes, you should follow him. And yes, you should obey the truth. But here, the truth, if you look at the end of verse 7, obeying the truth is uh, the direct in direct relation to running well. So running well is obeying the truth. And here the truth has to do with the truth of the gospel. We cannot mess with the truth of the gospel. There is one way to be saved. And see, here's the danger for mankind. Mankind loves this idea of a certain set of things that I need to do to make my way into heaven. What good works can I do? What list of 10 or 20 or 30 things can I do to earn my way in? And God says, there's nothing you can do. Your sin separates you from me. But my son came on a rescue mission to save you. It's the good news of the gospel. And to add anything to the gospel is to take away from the gospel. It's to alter the gospel. And by virtue of that, you're no longer obeying the gospel or obeying the truth of the gospel. And so when false teaching comes into a person's sphere of influence, into a church or into, into the life of a Christian, what it does is it has the potential of upending you out of the race. Because if you no longer are trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then let me ask you, my friend, what are you trusting in? Yourself? Your good works? Uh, mankind? You know, there's so many different isms and religions in the world that do that. But to trust in yourself is a losing battle. It's going to be a race that you will never win. But Jesus Christ has already run the race and finished the race for us. And this is the glorious news of the gospel. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If you look at the end of verse 7, obeying the truth is uh, the direct in direct relation to running well. So running well is obeying the truth. And here the truth has to do with the truth of the gospel. We cannot mess with the truth of the gospel. There is one way to be saved. And see, here's the danger for mankind. Mankind loves this idea of a certain set of things that I need to do to make my way into heaven. What good works can I do? What list of 10 or 20 or 30 things can I do to earn my way in? And God says, there's nothing you can do. Your sin separates you from me. But my son came on a rescue mission to save you. It's the good news of the gospel. And to add anything to the gospel is to take away from the gospel. It's to alter the gospel. And by virtue of that, you're no longer obeying the gospel or obeying the truth of the gospel. And so when false teaching comes into a person's sphere of influence, into a church or into, into the life of a Christian, what it does is, is it has the potential of upending you out of the race. Because if you no longer are trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then let me ask you, my friend, what are you trusting in? Yourself? Your good works? Uh, mankind? You know, there's so many different isms and religions in the world that do that, but to trust in yourself is a losing battle. It's going to be a race that you will never win. But Jesus Christ has already run the race and finished the race for us. And this is the glorious news of the gospel. We trust in the merits of Christ, and we obey the gospel by believing in the fact that God sent his son into the world to be as First John puts it, the propitiation, the payment, the satisfaction for our sins. And not only our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. If the enemy of our souls can alter the gospel, if you have the wrong gospel, then you have the wrong Jesus, and you can be wrong enough to lose your soul. That's why this is so serious. Paul is not... Uh, worried about peripheral things here. It's not about nitpicking little things that, you know, color of the carpet or what somebody believes about the, uh, the timing of the rapture or the millennial kingdom. That's not what Paul's dealing with here. He's dealing with the essential of essentials. Who is God and how do you get saved? And this is what you need to know, my friend. If you are not a Christian, God wants you to know him. You know, to know God is to have salvation. This is what it means to be saved. This is eternal life, Jesus says in John 17, verse 3. 
It's to know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's why this is compared to a race. And literally here, a marathon. We need to continue to trust in Jesus and nothing else and no one else, not in ourselves, not in the ability of man to save us, not in the latest fad or or idea. All of that goes away. When you're on the running, uh, when, when you're on the track of life, when you're in your lane, you know, the, the focus becomes very narrowed. Think about a long distance race. It becomes very narrowed. Your focus is looking ahead and pacing yourself and planning your strategy on how to win. And for the Christian life, victory is ours in Christ, but we keep our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Somebody has cut in on you, NIV. Who is it that has cut into you, cut in on you? and hindered you from running this race and running it well. There's a lot of things in this world that can upend us. And I know for some people right now, they're asking questions about God. Professing Christians are asking, why did God allow this? You know, why, why all this stuff going on? I, I can't answer every question, but I can say this to you. I think God is doing a refining work in his church. I think in many ways he is separating the wheat from the chaff. And I will tell you that if by God's grace we get to assemble again, the church is probably going to look a lot different. And maybe that's a good thing. Because wouldn't you agree that as you look at the church, let's just talk about the United States right now, there was a lot of fluff in the church, a lot of arguing about things that don't really matter. Haven't things become pretty simple right now? Haven't they come down to their core issues about what really matters in our life, what we're really living for. See, there's a race to run, my friend, and many Christians have been distracted in the race. We can all put ourselves that right there. It's easy to get distracted as you run. A long-distance run, a marathon, there's all kinds of things that could cause you to want to just give up. I don't want to run anymore. I'm distracted by this. I'm distracted by that. And someone had come onto the track in the Galatian situation, another runner, if you will, and it cut into the lane of many of the Galatians. And the Galatians were tripping one by one. And it's very easy for stumbling blocks to come into our lives in all different packages. They can look attractive and sparkling, but in the end, if they trip us up in the race, they got to go. We got to throw off the weights and every sin that so easily entangles us. I want you to hold your place in Galatians and turn to the book of Hebrews for a second. This is going to be to your right, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And Hebrews 12 is a, the first part of Hebrews 12 is a summation of the great hall of faith. In Hebrews 11, all these lives were chronicled of heroes that had run the race before these Hebrew believers. You have Abel, you have Enoch, Turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. You have Noah and Abraham, Sarah. You have, as uh, the chapter unfolds, people like Isaac and Jacob, Joseph, Moses. You have uh, the folks who saw the walls of Jericho fall down. You have Rahab in verse 31. The writer says in Hebrews 11:32, we could talk about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David. Hebrews 11:32, we could talk about Samuel and the prophets. 
who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, probably a reference here to Daniel, quenched the power of, of fire, probably his three buddies in Babylon, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. There's much more that could be said about this great cloud of witnesses here in Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith. But suffice it to say that these folks were just like you and me. They were normal, say, everyday people who were called by God, just like you as a believer have been called by God, called into a race that he wants you to win. See, the Lord has put you on his team to run a winning race. How are you doing? How is your pace? How is your attitude? Are you crumbling under the weight? I was reading a commentator this week who said that he played soccer in high school, and he said, you know, he would have his long summer, and every year when he come back to soccer, one of the things that they would do as a tryout for the team is they would want you to run a mile, and you had to run a mile, I think, under six minutes. And he said he would come back from summer inevitably, even though he was one of the better players on the team, he would inevitably, inevitably be out of shape. And so he said he was uh, a senior in high school, as I recall the story, and he had to run a six-minute mile. And he said he, he decided he was out of shape, but he said, I'm going to just... I'm just going to go hard and hopefully be able to coast into the finish. And he said, first couple of laps, he was doing really well, and he was out in front of everybody, but he was so out of shape that by the time the, the race was three-quarters of the way done, people were passing him one after the other, after the other, after the other. He got out of the gate well. He was running well for a while, but he wasn't in shape, and he didn't finish well. And as he tells the story, he says he, he, by God's grace, was able to make the soccer team nonetheless. But it was a big lesson in his life. If you're not in shape to run, you can start well. But it's not about how you start, brethren. It's about what? It's about how you finish. You're listening to Learning to Run Again, part one on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 5. Just a heads up, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we know times are tough and uncertain right now, so we're not asking for much this time around, just $5. But if you're a new listener, please don't give, because we're blessed just that you're listening, and we hope that you're blessed as well. But if you have been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation is going to go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we think about this idea of learning to run again, you know, the Christian life is a marathon. It's been described as a marathon and not like a dash, like a 100-yard dash. And it's taking. It's going to take some pace, some strategy, uh, good training, and a good mindset, and especially a good focus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, as Moses was going through the wilderness with the children of Israel, he saw a lot of people die. Uh, it's sad, but only Joshua and Caleb of that generation 20 and up entered into the promised land. And it was one main reason why Israel fell, they were laid low in the wilderness. One main reason, the word un belief. Isn't it amazing how powerful 
faith is. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, faith doesn't mean we don't have questions. Faith doesn't mean that we're not looking around wondering, you know, what is going on and why is God allowing what he's allowing at this moment. But faith says, you know what? I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I want to enter into the promises full, and so I want to walk by faith. And it is possible. We have great examples in the Old and New Testament of those who followed the Lord fully despite what was going on around them. That's my encouragement to you. If you're feeling weary, if you have question marks like we all do, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't forget what he did for you because you'll find your answers at the foot of the cross and in the face of the resurrected Christ. Well, if you're a teacher out there or a parent or just looking for some encouragement for the young ones, we have a special LT Kids lunch break. It's on our YouTube channel. And you can check out this fun video for kids. If you're looking for something for the kids to do that's going to be spiritually uh, positive, strengthening for them, go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab. You're going to find your way to our YouTube channel and you can check out those videos and much more teaching that we've put up in the last several weeks. You can also access information, uh, teaching resources when you go to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Download it today. Look for the red logo with the pillars. And we'll be back tomorrow with part two on learning to run again. Until then, God bless you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Come back tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5 called Learning to Run Again. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. As always, our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship. 